Welcome to the Movie Score, a podcast where we discuss, rate, and debate movies on a scale of 1 to 10. I am your host, Benjamin Barber. I am joined, once again, by my sister and co-host, Maribeth. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? I am so good. You're hanging in there? I'm, I'm doing more than hanging in there. I'm, uh, oh, I feel like yourself. I'm making some progress. Oh, really? What are you doing? Um, well, I'm on the fast track towards getting my novel published. Oh, yeah? So I'm actually in discussions with a book cover designer. And Ooh, nice. Yeah. I'm so That's excited. Cool. It's really cool. <laughs> like, when now that I'm in this stage, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, it's really happening. Okay. When can we expect the publish to happen? Uh, October. Really? Yes. Okay. I'm sure cool. everyone will be hearing much more about it as, yeah. as the weeks go on. But uh, That's really cool. Yeah, I'm thrilled. So do you know what the book's going to look like, the cover? Um, well, I have an idea, so I'll start, I'll be working with the designer here pretty soon, I'm pretty sure. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, we, hmm. haven't, we haven't had the final handshake over the internet, but um, okay. moving towards that. So. so will you have, like, artwork in the book? I don't think so. No? No. Okay. This is for the cover. Okay, cool. And for our promotional images on the internet. Yeah, that's going to look so sick, dude. I know. It's going to look awesome. <laughs> really, really excited. Yeah. What about you, Wispin? Okay, let's talk about this. We might be here for a while, but we need to talk about it. What? Harry Potter. Oh, man. <laughs> I finished. Oh, yes. I completed. You have become an absolute Potterhead. Absolute Potterhead. I finished the whole franchise and it was amazing. The film franchise. The whole film franchise. I'm working on the books now. Yeah. But oh, I read the first book. I still have to. See, that makes me so mad that you read I, the first books and you didn't read the other, the other I, ones, man. You know, I I listened to an audiobook and it took me a long time to get through it. And really? So I just thought I had a lot of other things that I needed to read at the time, and so I just didn't, um, I didn't move forward with it. But now that. Um, now that you've become such a Potterhead, I feel like I'm going to have to... <laughs> it's amazing. I didn't think it was going to be this good, but I watched them all. It's amazing. Your enthusiasm and has been So you know how you get into a new fandom? And y- yes. You, have you had that experience before? Oh, just a few times. And you want to know everything about it. Oh, yeah. So you should like go all over the internet, finding stuff about it. Absolutely. Watch all the special features. Absolutely. Rewatch the movies. That's where I am right now. Yes. Rewatching the movies, watching special features, reading about it. I'm sure... Harry Potter has its own wikia. It does. It's got its own website. What's it called? Uh, I'm not sure what the because like thing Star is Trek's wikia is called Memory Alpha, and Star Wars is Wikipedia. And I've then, been. I mean, there's a lot of fun. Yeah, websites. there probably is one. I've been on uh, the Wizarding World. Yeah. Dot com signed into that. Uh, I am uh, part of Ravenclaw. As actually. am I. And my uh, wand is made out of unicorn hair. Mine is. I think mine has a phoenix feather. Oh, really? Yeah. I wanted, I'll have to go back and confirm that, I but wanted, I think it's a phoenix feather. I was hoping I would get dragon heart string because that sounds like the coolest, but... And what's your Patronus? My Patronus is a, um, what was it? It's a dog. I can't remember what type of dog Saint it is. St. Bernard? It, yeah, St. Yeah. Bernard. Mine yeah. is a Rottweiler, so... Oh, really? Dude, I did have a... Uh, Could you speak dog? A horse before, but I canceled the account, and then I got back on it, and then I had to redo it again, and I didn't get a horse this time, so... Well, but anyway. St. Bernard's are nice. But yes, so I've been doing that. It's absolutely amazing. Yes. So we definitely need to do some, uh, a big Harry Potter review sometime. Yeah. Yeah, we're in talks with our brother-in-law to do a big Star Wars one too. Oh so, yeah. Uh, That's going to be like. Well, this will two be hours. like special episodes. Yeah. <laughs> like our Star Wars one, we're planning it to be. That's going to be at least over an hour of content because. Yeah. 
It's we have be a lot amazing. to talk about because you and him really like it, and I really don't. So yeah, but you you just haven't had the chance to watch him on your own. Mm, you need still, to watch him on your own and really like still not as good as Harry. Lean into it. But anyway, <laughs> enough of that talk. Let's get into our movie. Yes. Okay, so a few weeks ago, this was supposed to happen. We were supposed to review this movie, and then we were decided to do uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Because I revealed my ignorance unintentionally. But you didn't know that, that we fixed. But now we're back. We shall be reviewing Disney Pixar's Up. Yay. So read us... One of the most wholesome films. Read us the synopsis. Okay, so here is our synopsis. Carl Fredrickson, a 78-year-old balloon salesman, is about to fulfill a lifelong dream. By tying thousands of balloons to his house, Carl sets out to see the wilds of South America and complete a promise made to his late wife, Ellie. But curmudgeonly, Carl's worst nightmare comes true when he discovers a little boy named Russell is a stowaway aboard the balloon-powered house. The film is directed by Pete Docter and co-directed by Bob Peterson, and the music was composed by Michael Giacchino. Up was released on May 29, 2009 and opened the 2009 Cannes Film Festival, becoming the first animated and 3D film to do so. Wow. Yeah. The film grossed over $735 million, becoming the sixth highest grossing film of 2009. The film won two Academy Awards, including Best Animated Feature, and was nominated for three more, including Best Picture, making it the second animated film in history to receive a nomination and the first Pixar film to do so, following Beauty and the Beast. Wow. Yeah. I feel like Up is one of Pixar's finest. Oh, yes. 100%. And I think it shows in the number of accolades and awards that it won mm-hmm. or was nominated for. Yeah. Um, it has some of the most iconic music and that opening montage with Carl and Ellie. Yeah. Their married life mm-hmm. is... Um, Before Ellie dies. Uh, is, yeah. Which we have to talk mm-hmm. about. Sorry, spoilers. We but, have to talk about it. <laughs> But I think feel like that montage is one of the most famous scenes in all of Pixar mm-hmm. history. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Okay, let's get into our... Uh, fun facts. Fun facts. <laughs> okay, uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, can... go ahead, because I actually okay. only have two things, two fun facts, because I feel like most of my reflections and highlights are fun facts. Too. Okay, here we go. All characters are based, based upon circles and rectangles. The character design? Yeah, the character design. Okay. Hey, hey, um, so you have, like, so Carl, his face is, like, a square shape. Uh-huh. And all of this stuff, when he's in the shot, all look like they're made out of squares. Oh. And Ellie, his wife, uh-huh. her face is circled. Okay. And everything around there looks circled. Okay. So, like, the picture, when they're in the, when they're in the picture together, mm-hmm. the frame is squared and circled, too. Oh. So I thought that was fun. Each character has a... Uh-huh. It's a square and it's a circle. And now I'm thinking about it. Even their chairs are like that. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's interesting. But yeah, objects around them are based on their shapes. Okay. Which I thought was cool. Okay. Very interesting. So I have... Director Pete Docter began writing up in 2004 under the title of Heliums. He developed the fantasy of a flying house and the idea of escaping from life when it becomes too irritating, which stemmed from his difficulty with social situations growing up. Oh, interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay. So when Carl and Ellie are going picnicking, their destination is is this spot under the same tree from A Bug's Life. (laughs) I love how the Pixar films all interconnect in some way. 
which I thought was really cool. I didn't think about it, but I Googled it up. I Googled it. Googled it up. Googled it up. (laughs) (laughs) I Googled it, and yeah, it's the same tree. Hmm. That was cool. Isn't there a scene in Brave where the witch has drawings of Boo and Sully? No, man. There's this whole elaborate post. I think it was based on Tumblr, and it explained how all of the Pixar movies interconnect and are, like, in the same universe. Well, do you know about A113? Yes. That's in every Pixar. Yes. But this actually was this elaborate history of the Pixar universe, mm. the story universe, and how all the films connect. I'll have to see if I can find that, because yeah. it was really funny. I'm Googling what A113 was in Up. Okay. Um, while you do that, I'll add my other fun fact, okay. which is the main character, Carl, Carl Fredrickson, is partially based on Spencer Tracy. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. And on the Wikipedia article, there was a picture of Spencer Tracy, and he looks just like Carl. <laughs> really? <laughs> I think um, it was from Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Okay. And he had the same kind of glasses and yeah. hair and, and the same he facial expression. Yeah. Okay, Up's musical score has become the 10th musical score to win the Grammy, Golden Globe, and Academy Award. Best original score. Wow. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Which was the music. Yeah, the music is good in this mm-hmm. movie. It's really good. Michael Giacchino is a really good composer. I have liked everything that I've heard him do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk more about music because I oh, need good. to talk to you about that. Okay. All right, well, that's it. All the fun facts that I have. So all you have, yeah, there, because wasn't, I have there wasn't the tons, but... Well, a lot of the ones, other things that I have are are, are related to the themes of the mm-hmm. story, so... Okay. So, I we need to talk about this, and I meant to talk about this before we started this, but... Sorry, wait. Um, last week, not last week, but last episode, we Pirates. reviewed Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And I gave the movie line, which was a line from Indiana Jones, and John Han correctly got it right. Yeah. So, he was upset with us, let's say. He was disappointed with us that we never talked about the music in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, we didn't. Because when you think about it, it's Hans went Zimmer. back, it's amazing music. And I kind of feel guilty that we did not mention any I, of the music. I repent in dust and ashes because... That is Hans Zimmer, and he's one of it's, my favorites. It's amazing music. He's my second favorite. So I've made a new segment called Let's Score the Score. Oh. So we're going to score the score. <laughs> well, what do we score the Pirates of the Caribbean score? It's like a 10 out of 10. It's 13 it, out of 10. The, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> okay, so, so let's score the score for Up. Okay. This music. We don't want to save that for like when we rate the film. And, or... I mean, yeah, I guess we can move it closer to the end. Well, let's do that next episode. Let's just, since we're already okay, talking yeah. about it now. I'm trying to talk about this music because I just told you about the okay. score. Yeah. This music really adds a lot to the film. Mm-hmm. It kind of adds to the mood. And I don't know what year this is set in. Well, I think at the beginning it's meant to be like in the 30s or 40s. Yeah. So it kind of has that vibe. Yes. And it's just, it's, re- it's really good music. Mm-hmm. It adds a lot to the story. I like the Pirates of the Caribbean music. Caribbean. So what did you think of the music? I love the music in Up. The the whole track of the montage of Carl and Ellie's married life. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we went to that concert? It was a whole Pixar concert. Yeah. And they had all the famous themes from every single movie. Mm-hmm. And the whole 
up sequence was the montage for Carl and Ellie. Yeah. And our brother, who had just gotten married like a <laughs> month before, he was sitting there with our sister-in-law, and he just bawled his eyes out. <laughs> it was so precious. Yeah, dude. But, yeah, I really liked the music in that. And the guy who did this music is Michael Garacino. Giacchino? Giacchino? Is that how you say it? I think so. So he did the music. Yeah. Okay. He also did The Incredibles and Ratatouille yeah. and Inside of... Out. And, and all of those are good music. Oh, yeah. and That's right. I think he does some of the Mission Impossible movies. Really? I think so. Wow, okay. So, uh, I'm going to give this score 8 out of 10. Yeah. It's good. I'll give it a 9. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's good for this movie. I mean, it's not really, like, heroic and... No. But it, it fits this movie very it's well. It's appropriate to this story. Okay. So, there you go. We did yeah. it. Score the score. And we'll put that <clears throat> in future episodes yeah, with be the writing the of the film itself. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. Because we're not a very organized podcast. <laughs> well, we have we come up with new ideas. We do. Every few episodes, which I think is great. Well, John Hayne came up with that. But, anyway. <laughs> okay, so, let's dive into this film. Very well, sir. What an amazing film. What a, Just an adventurous, full of imagination, and tons of color. <laughs> As we all know, Ben, Ben Jam and Barber... Is a huge fan of color, if it's and I've been thinking though, about color. I've been thinking about color. I don't think it's so much of what the colors look like, and they're bright and cheerful, so much as how much the color adds to stories. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, this this color it's it's it got it's got tons of color, and it's just bouncing out at you. But I was also watching Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and in the last in the last two movies. It's very dark, mm-hmm. and that adds to the story of the darkness coming and how it feels like mm-hmm. you know who is coming and taking. Bold don't. <laughs> I'm beeping you out. I'm beeping. No, seriously, you're beeped out. Nobody in listening heard that. Fear of the name increases fear of the thing itself. Yeah. Well, when they said the name, it didn't really give him less power. Okay, but anyway, back to the color. So the, I think that's what I love so much about color is how much it adds to the story. Yes. So the color in this movie is amazing. One of the, one interesting thing about color that in another story is I read one time that when, in Doctor Who, if he wears a red bow tie or a blue bow tie, or if it's the 12th Doctor, if the co- lining of his coat is red or blue, deter- is, will tell you if the episode is set in the past or the future. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And so that kind of adds to that yeah. thing of them using color as a storytelling mechanism. Yeah, the stories that you can tell with color. Yeah. That's that's the thing that's what I love so much about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that was the biggest it's thing. It's why that, good guys tend to wear white. You know, it signals to everyone. Oh, this guy is the good guy. He has the cowboy wears the white hat. Really, the cowboy has the white hat. Usually, the bad guy wears the white hat. No. The bad guy looks all, at least in cowboy movies, he looks I real shiny. I suppose some people would say that that's racist, but <laughs> the good guy wears a white hat. But I think it has, it's, guys, it has more to do with the quality of one's soul, not the color of one's skin. It's true. It's okay, true. so anyway, we're getting away side. Okay, so what do, what do you think of this film? <laughs> what were some things that... Um, One thing that stands out to me is the uh, the parallels between Carl and Charles Muntz. Mm-hmm. Charles Muntz is his hero. He's the explorer yeah. that uh, when Carl and Ellie were children, uh, they really looked up to. Yeah. 
and they have very similar stories. You know, they both wanted to be adventurers, but they both lost the loves of their life. Yeah. Um, months is being, you know, his his quest to, to find this bird and everything. Mm-hmm. Carl's being losing his wife. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that they're both obsessed with an object from their past. Carl is obsessed with his house. Muntz is ex- obsessed with catching the bird. Yeah. Um, but the difference between them is that Muntz grows really bitter. He becomes very paranoid. He becomes violent. He's willing to, you know, kill people to yeah. achieve his ends. Well, he, which, killed, he did kill people. He yeah. killed a lot of people. And you kind of saw Carl starting to become that at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, he was very angry with the world. He was, he, he, he hit that guy over the head with his cane. Um, yeah. And he was very paranoid about losing his house and everything. Mm-hmm. And the difference is that he had Russell and Doug and Kevin to kind of pull him out of himself. Yeah. So I think that that's an interesting highlight of the story's themes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. What about, anything from you? I mean, it's... There's nothing I can say that's really bad about this movie. <laughs> just the more I've been thinking about it, the more I've been watching it. It's just a, a great story. Like Anything that stands you have, out to you in particular. So you though. have your love interest uh-huh. with him. She died. Yeah. Then he's going on this adventure. Mm-hmm. It's you just you I can't you can't find anything wrong about this. Like usually I would want to find something that I could critique about this and be like, eh, it's this was little okay, well, lost her. But you can't I can't find anything. I read something I can't remember if it was Pete Doctor or someone else who worked on the film, but he said that it's both a coming of age story for Russell. Yeah. The little boy who accompanies Carl. And it's also an unfinished love story. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's it's very interesting that you would have those two tropes in one story. Mm-hmm. It's um, extremely good. The other thing that I have is the house has come to represent Ellie for Carl. He actually talks to the house as if it's Ellie. Yeah. You know, and, um, but then he realizes as the story goes on that the house isn't Ellie. The house is, is material. It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not her soul or anything. And he even comes to realize that Ellie wanted him to move beyond their past and have his own adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's interesting. And the other thing that I have is... When Russell describes a perfect day with his dad, he says, that might sound boring, but I think the boring stuff is what I remember the most. Yeah. And so when Carl opens that scrapbook at the end and he sees all those pictures that Ellie kept of their life together, mm-hmm. what are they doing? It's the boring stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, painting the mailbox mm-hmm. and having tea and just kind of living life. And they, they didn't have the grand sweeping epic adventure that they dreamed of when they were yeah. kids. But their boring stuff was their adventure. Yeah. That's that, really sweet. That's sweet. Another it's, thing I, it's important, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very important. The other thing I liked in this movie is the, uh, the generation gap yes. <laughs> between... So you have this old man going on an adventure, and he brings this really little kid yes. who's got a GPS. And which he loses. Yeah, which he loses. I just it, it, it's just it adds a lot to the story. It's the funny intergenerational that you have. friendship, yeah. which is also so important. It's so important, people, to have friendships that aren't just with your peers. Yeah. You know, it's important to have the experiences of different age groups. 
even if that means that you're friends with an eight-year-old. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can be friends with an eight-year-old and someone who's your age and someone who's in their, you know, twilight years. And mm-hmm. I think you've, you're a better person when you have that in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you gain the wisdom from the older people, uh, the camaraderie from people your age, and you get to kind of keep that little innocence with the little kids in your life, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm very passionate about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. You have anything else? Um, the other thing that I have is when Carl says to Russell, I don't want your help. I want you to be safe. Mm. Reminds me so much of Finding Nemo. Oh, yeah. Marlon was so obsessed with keeping poor little Nemo safe mm. that he just kind of stifled him. And I think, you know, there's a proper Which balance. Which you really can't there's do. There's a proper yeah, balance you can't do there. That, but... Yeah. You want to protect the younger people in your you life can't absolutely them. can't be like a hover parent yeah i mean you could but it's not good <laughs> <laughs> you gotta let them grow too like sometimes it's better to be a hover parent like one could argue that leia and han should have been more of a hover parent <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> let the record show that he brought that up not me <laughs> For the first time, I, mean, I hey, think I was I was really trying to get through a podcast one, without talking about oh, were you? Star Wars. Dude, you bring <laughs> up Star Wars and I bring up Harry Potter. That's how it's going to be a lot now. That's okay. But let the record show that I didn't. I brought that one up. That's that's on you, Ben. It is. It's I'm on you, Ben, to talk about Ben. But okay. Ben, Ben. <laughs> that's why everybody likes me. Uh, okay. You want to write Y'all this? see what I have to put up with. Y'all want, you want to write this movie? Yes. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. You want me to go first? I can go first. Okay, you can go first. You can take my spot. I don't care. For only the second time thus far in the movie scores history. 10 out of 10. I'm giving this film a 10 out of 10. I'm giving it exactly a 10 <laughs> out of 10. Okay, so we agree we on each this agree. time. It's a 10 when out was 10. the last time we agreed on a movie score? I don't know. Okay. We have such different tastes. So the first time that? that I gave a film a 10, it was The Quiet Place. No, it wasn't. Really? Mm-hmm. It's the only other time I've given a movie a 10. Really? Yep. I think I gave the... the um, I think I gave Knives Out like a 9. Okay. You were, It was close. Yeah. I don't know when I gave it a 10. I don't know that you've... Have you given a 10? I've given a 10 once, I think, but I, don't, I can't remember why. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look at it. Yeah. But, yes, I give this an unqualified... Um, it's just so good. Like, you have the color. It's excellent storytelling. Yeah. You have, I mean, it, you have your your adventure, you have your low point, mm-hmm. and then you have, you. they realize they're in that low point and they get out and they, mm-hmm. it's just. Yes, the movie is very well structured. Very well structured. Are there any other Pixar films that you would say deserve a 10? Oh, yes. I do. Pixar films are full of 10. <laughs> I want to start. I would a, give Finding Nemo a 10. I want to start a podcast just about Pixar and Disney. <laughs> Yeah. You could have a podcast there. Well, we can, we can, I mean, I have no problem with reviewing Disney and Pixar movies. I've got an, another podcast idea you and me should might look into. Oh? Yeah. Something that, it's, it would be a good podcast, but not something that we would, um, that would really add a lot of more work and stress into our life. Okay. Like, it could, it could kind of be just a laid back conversational, uh, <laughs> thing of you and me just talking about our geeky stuff. Oh. Like we could just t- talk about geek things, and that that's, we don't already do that. We do, but 
we st- we have to like stop ourselves. We like okay, back to the story. Wouldn't it be great to have a podcast? We could just sit back and not stop ourselves. Yeah, and just talk about that. All might that be stuff. dangerous. But... It might be dangerous, but it would be so much fun. What if but we anyway. veered into controversial waters? <laughs> Maybe we've already done that a few times already. Yeah. Okay, so five out of five. Um, the score. Five out of five. I mean, not five out of five. Ten Sister. Out. Ten out of ten. <laughs> We're give, I'm giving the score, the music, an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'll give, give it a 9. 9 out of 10. It's, it, I highly recommend this movie. It's one of my favorite Disney yeah. Pixar movies. It's just so good. Yep. So, yeah, a little bit of a shorter episode today. Not really? Long. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we're only at 25 minutes. Oh, okay. But I, I would imagine a, a Pixar Disney movie would be a, kind of shorter. Wow, it feels like we've been talking for longer than that. That's because you messed up the intro when we <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, do you want to move on? Yeah. Well, let me pull out my parchment. Parchment? <laughs> He's pulling out his phone. <laughs> it's oh, his parchment. Oh, okay, wait. No, let's not talk about the thing. Okay. Our brother, a long time ago, like 10 years ago, made a um, an edit, a little mm-hmm. edit of um, Up. It's a great... Based on Carl and Ellie's yeah, story. Carl and Ellie. Yeah, It's It's a great edit, and we're going to leave a link to it in the show notes. It really pulls at your heart. How many years strength. ago did he make that? It's ten. Ten years ago? Yeah. Yeah, and it has, like, how many thousand? Uh, that it's one... like 40,000 No, that, not, not that, that 40,000. It's oh, 7,000. Okay, that was the Legend of Guardians one that I, yeah. our sister made. I should start doing that. <laughs> you mean, you made edits before. You made, I have. I checked that. It's got, like, a thousand. Something. Mine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This oh. is war. Yeah. I always said I was going to update it, but I'm too busy. You should do a Disney one for <gasps> This is a War. <laughs> that would work. Okay. Movie line. Movie line. Yes, the movie line. Or if I could ever find it. I feel like this episode has been kind of wacky. Disorientated. It's been fun, though. It's been very fun, but <laughs> yeah. I have a bit of a headache and I'm not feeling great, so I'm I didn't s- bring all my stuff. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Okay, this is a movie line. I know at least one of our listeners should get. Oh, dear. This isn't a joke, pal. People die in fairy tales all the time. What? Dun, 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 dun. Say it again? (laughs) This isn't a joke, pal. People die in fairy tales all the time. Is this something I've seen? You've seen it. If you want to hit, add like a New York accent to it. Okay. Okay. The same line from this movie. If we if we can't stay together, that means we've lost. That means we've given up. What? Do you know it? No. Any idea? Mm-mm. It is a tough. I... It's a tougher movie line. Okay. But I know at least one listener who will get it. I'll have to think about it. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Let's let's be done. This is we'll a good take episode. A nap. It was a good episode. It was a slower episode, but it's still a good episode. Um, if you liked it, please leave a review and rate it. Tell a friend about it. Subscribe to it. Love it. Let us know what you think about it. If you uh, want to answer the movie line, if you have an answer to it, just uh, email it to themoviescore20 at gmail.com. And, uh, we eagerly look forward to your guesses. Yes, we do. Every day. I sit at the computer day and night. <laughs> My eyes are bloodshot. No, I'm just but anyway, let's get out of here. Okay. Have fun. Gonna go watch Harry Potter. Sayonara. Hula. Bye.